You are now listening to the Superhero Education Podcast, featuring Professor Eugene Pitchford and Dr. Steve Gurner. We are real educators tackling the real topics in education. Listen to be informed, inspired, and entertained. With no further ado, here are your hosts to the Superhero Educators Podcast. All right, we want to welcome everyone to the latest edition of the Superhero Education Podcast. My name is Eugene Pitchford. I'm happy you're joining us tonight. Steve, how's it going? It's going. It's been a long week. Feels good to be back at the podcast with you. A lot going on in our worlds, a lot of information, lots of meetings, all positive, all good stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. It was a very interesting week last week in my world of education, but we're looking for bigger, bigger and better things this week. Um, this is our third. This is our third like show in a in a series of five podcasts. This is this is number three. And and Steve, let's pretend that this is someone's first time listening to like the last couple of shows. So we came up with renew. And it's, it's a process for educators to consider as they move forward to going back to school, whether it's online, whether it's some form of a hybrid system between online and face-to-face, -face, or if it's completely face-to-face. -face. So Steve, I want you to just, I want you to go over, renew, just like maybe like for 20 seconds, the R and the E, because we're gonna we're gonna get to the end today. But I want you just to to, to go over the R and the E, relations, experts, and communication. If you could just touch on that, to for someone who hasn't listened, to make them want to go back and listen. Sure, and this this is really a consideration, a checklist for families, a checklist for educators. It really is what we came up with, and we believe you can remember the word renew. That'll help you as you go forward. So what I'll do is I'll give what the word renew means each statement. And then we're going to go back and really talk about the two we talked about in the podcast and then get us excited about the one we're going to talk about today. So the word renew, we have relationships, expert in communication, necessary technology, emphasis on health, and what's the plan. So we really have five, five scenarios, five different really considerations that we want families and teachers to consider as we're starting a back to school process. We talked about relationships, positive relationships being the hallmark of an effective teacher. We talked about in a previous podcast how it's essential to the success of all students and how we can bridge families and the school through educational goals, culturally relevant pro projects, and really that communication, getting to know the teacher. And then we went into expert in communication, how communication is imperative during this time when schools are experiencing novel challenges and how we really, it can be overwhelming 
if we're not communicating. So we need to understand the learning obstacles. We need to understand the children that are before us. Parents need to communicate with their teacher, be in regular contact, so they can really form that bond with the teacher and have a great start to the school year. And that gets us to where we're at to today with the N, which is necessary technology. I love this because at the end of the day, especially for our schools that are going hybrid or completely online, the N, the necessary technology, may make or break your process completely, one way or the other. You can't get around it. You can't avoid it. You can't stick your head in your sand on this one right here. You either got to do it or not. And one of the problems we saw, we saw when we, what happened across the country, we saw what happened is COVID-19 hit and it, it was really a shock to everybody, right? So everybody's deciding how do we handle this in education. And what we saw there is we saw the social economics, the disparity right away. Because we talked about this in the past, we saw high socioeconomic areas around our country, they just transitioned rather seamlessly with the technology. They said, okay, take your school Chromebook, go home. They were able to get online and they worked through in a virtual landscape. And then we saw there, mostly our urban districts around the country where they were handing out packets. They weren't ready to do online. They didn't have the capability for the learning activities to go online. Parents and families weren't connected possibly online. So it was, it was a disaster in many areas across our country. So it became an equity, it became an equity issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which, which, and I know we've talked about this before offline, but if you would have said, Hey, three years from now, the schools must provide Chromebooks. Not home, not huge discounts at the mall or the, or the online. The schools must provide this technology. I probably would have laughed you off the table three years ago. And you're right. There was a huge difference in this piece, the way it looked in urban districts, public or urban districts or private entities that were urban versus their non-urban peers. There, there, was a, there was a huge difference. And it, this, this became a really tricky situation when parents had school, had children actually, that were in both sides of the coin. What, and I'm not blaming, I'm just saying one side had the, had the technology, but even having the technology, one side kind of kept education going and one side didn't. And so, so we're starting fresh. We got summer. We got a fresh start. Most school districts are saying we will be going virtual or we may need to go virtual. So I believe districts are getting ready to ramp it up right now. What we need really to do with the necessary technology, you really have to look at how, here's how you, we can make sure we're ready. Steve, here's how you know the point hit home. All schools now, private and public, 
are in their marketing plan to get little Stevie to come to our school, you will get a Chromebook. Like that's part of the marketing plan now for public and private schools. Um, and, and so I think, I think Steve, the starting point would be just the actual technology, like just literally having the technology to implement hybrid or, or online. And in most cases now, that's a Chromebook. Correct. I think I th what's happening now is you're right. They, they realized the gaps and went, we have to do much better. And they are coming out with making sure they have the technology to form it. I love when I'm seeing some of the districts around our country to form in partnerships with whether it's uh, Microsoft, whether it's computer stores, whether it's uh, the internet, the, the actual uh, internet company. So that's very helpful because that's where you can really build this private partnership up to say, we need the technology. It's necessary technology and we have to have that ready to go. Even if they're trying to go face to face, like many districts are trying to do, many are going to start virtually and many will probably have to resort to virtual learning. So this, this is necessary technology. You, you know what I want to see more, Steve? And it's probably a reason why you don't see it. And this is going to, I don't know. We have to also look at how a lot of people use tablets. How do we convert tablets to work in the programs that schools use? So many kids use tablets. And sometimes certain apps or certain programs just don't format well on the app. But I would love to see that process because because some for many kids, it, it, it goes beyond technology is what am I comfortable using? That's true. That's, that's a great point. There's and probably some limitation with the technology to go to tablets with the typing. There could be a problem with that where some teachers probably say, because I was thinking if I'm teaching and I want students to write a paper, I may feel more comfortable if they're on the Chromebook, but then I can see, with the tablet too, the way the students can type, they probably can do it just as well on the tablet. So you're, you're right. I, I do feel that's, that's something that we sh should be addressed. And, and, and you know, that's, that's, that's just my weird way of, 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 of looking at things. And, um, and I, I think since we're going to spend a lot more time, we, we have to have a really solid program on repairs from Chromebooks too. Um, that's, that's another excellent point. Uh, how will that happen? So I have a Chromebook and it's not working. How, how will I get that addressed? Or I miss a day of school, two days of school, three days. That, that's, that can be, have serious consequences for, for the academic of the child. Right, right. That's, that's one of the things that, just little things to like just enhance the Chromebook, the Chromebook plan. Um, I would hope teachers now have explored like additional programs and apps to engage kids uh, while we have time. Like, so right now, it's not a surprise. Most districts know what they're doing. So it gives us time to, to further explore. But I, but I will hope that we'll look at additional resources to support their online curriculum just to make it more engaging culturally relevant 
to where it doesn't feel like it's a punishment to do work. Yeah, and I think the technology is taken care of. I think the, the part that most teachers will really have to work on, and I, I believe they're, they're probably doing in districts, but really be concerned about if you're online grading, most teachers are using online grading in some capacity, how can I put it in a simple, easy format that parents can understand and students how to access their grades? So every student and every parent should know how to go to the online grading and see the grades. Then if you're using, a lot of teachers are using some sort of video conference like Zoom or Meets, Microsoft Meets, they need to have the same thing. Parents need to be able to very easily get to that. Students have to be able to very easily figure that out. Is there teacher videos that you can produce or is there a certain uh, three to five sentences, five to 10 sentences of the explanation that you can give the parents and students that they can use? Because parents and students are going to have to be experts in a video conference. They're going to have to be experts in online grading. They're going to be have to be experts in what learning activities teachers are using because teachers are getting very good because we're spending a lot of time on this of finding reading activities, science activities, all these online resources. And now how do you let parents, because not only do the students have to do it, but the parents, guardians that are at home, they have to be able to do this if you want them to fully engage as a partner in the learning process. And if we're saying students are going to learn how to do it, I think we'll, we will be missing out on the opportunity that we have with parents and guardians at home. And so I, I really, was, I think schools need to figure this out now while they have a little more time to how will we let parents and guardians into the, the secret formula of how you access this, these tools and how do you use these tools? I think, I think something that we need to consider is, and this may not be a technology thing, but it's how you use the technology. Like, it, and this is not the school's job to do this. This is on the home side now. Do you have a place to work? Like, do you have a setup? Are you using the desk? Is it the kitchen table? Is it the dining room table? Is it, you putting the laptop um, on your waist and you're sitting on the couch? I mean, just like, how, like, how are you using this technology to make it the most beneficial for you. You know, I would encourage all, all parents to have an identified spot for your child to do homework. If you have multiple children, have multiple, each, each child should have their own, should have their own spot. Um, just a way of upkeeping, upkeeping the, the, the technology um, and, and just having to build in a routine to use the technology, I think, is, is, is super important. Um, one thing I've seen from just watching kids from March or April per se, the students that are more successful, they all had, they all had identifiable spots to do their work or, or to utilize the technology, where it's just not a different spot every day. What's your thoughts on that, Steve? I, I agree. You can practice that now. You can go through some, here's where we're going to be uh, we'll be watching, somebody will be watching a sibling, a relative will be watching television in, in a different room or a different level of the house. Therefore, you'll have this in, interrupted. What if you want to use the bathroom? What if you need to grab a snack? How, how will we do that? 
How will we do it if you need something right on paper? Where, where, where will you put the power cord because you'll need that? Uh, what kind of background will you use when you're video conferencing with your teacher? Uh, how will you, if you, when the teacher says get up and stretch or get, get some exercises, how will you do that? All that is, is what needs to be done now as you're preparing for the school year. I, I found it fascinating. So Eugene, you and I have been interviewed across the, uh, across the country as experts in urban education with news media and others on our, our plan. And we're laying out our plan here through our podcast as well. What was interesting is, and we talked about this, but no one captured this as they edited down what are some quotes and there's limited time when you're talking to press and, and what they can record in written form or video. But as we talked about it, no one captured onto this, this concept. And I think it's important is we know we're going virtual learning for the most part for a lot of school districts across, across the country. And I believe we need to be doing this right now. Like let's start now because what happens is we, we have, we know we have a gap because we went from March online, we went to summer and we'll start up in most of the schools will start up in September. And then in September, we're gonna say everybody's online. But can we right now, can we give and provide, and here's what I would do as if I was in charge of the district, I would give learning activities right now for students and hopefully reduce some of that gap. So what I mean by that is I would have, go to the, our school district website and I want you to click or I want teachers right now to put on their websites or on the, maybe we could just make it easier for everybody. We're gonna do it as a district. Here's the math activities that I need you to go through. Here's your, go to your username, password, go on these and start working on your math problems. Much like uh, your flashcards in the past, right? Work with your, work with your families on these flashcards, work with these sight words at home. We need to be doing this virtual learning right now. There's nothing magical about September and saying, let's start virtual learning. And I'm not saying the teachers need to be engaged fully. I think this can be independent work. We need to get the families and the guardians and everybody to know there's opportunities right now that you, your child can be learning. So it's- you know, you know what, that's brilliant. You know what, that's brilliant, Steve? This is a great point. Like, is like you, you just, I've never thought about it the way you said it, Steve. The reason why that's brilliant, it'll give you a chance to experiment with the technology on the school side. This works, this doesn't work, add a little bit more of this. Kids weren't receptive to this. There were glitches when we did this. It's absolutely genius. And I think if you threw that out to parents to say, hey, we understand this is your summer break. We want to keep the kids engaged and test out some new technology. I think you would get people to go for it. I addressed it with several, uh, several outlets and nobody really captured the, the essence of, of how important it is. Because what will happen too is if, if parents and guardians, they said, you will have, Eugene, you, uh, you're in fifth grade, you will have to work. I want you working a half hour on your, on your reading activities and I want you to work a half hour on your math activities. Think of the power of, of students every day, one hour in summer working on this. And then you're right, getting to the school year in September, they just, 
they just ramp it up and go, we're ready for this now. We, we have it. We have everything worked out. And in fact, we're ready to go to a higher level because we've been working hard on this. It's, it's no different than if you're, playing, if you're playing baseball and you're throwing in the backyard all day and then baseball season starts at school or I'm dribbling and ball handling in my, in my driveway and then the basketball season starts in fall. We're, we're trying to go in and wait till September. So we're saying prepare, 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 and then go into September. We can start this right now. We can go at it right now. And I think it's essential that we do that. Now, could parents and guardians do that on their own? Sure. They could come up with some activities, give them some books, hardcover books and things. I think it's a good free will measure on behalf of a school or district or private school entity that does it. I agree. It's like, it's like agree. you're building credit. And it's recruitment. Think of recruitment. As they are able to talk, I would go out to eat or I'm talking to my neighbor. I'm saying, our, our children are ready to go. They're already working with their school district and teacher. And, and the neighbor goes, whoa, where are you at school? We have to do that. I wish we were engaged like your school is. So it definitely helps with the recruitment. And, and you're right, the credibility of the school. So, Steve, I want to go to this one because this is one that I found. I haven't been able to find a good solution for with the technology. So you have the Chromebook or your laptop or tablet or what you're using, but then the Wi-Fi is unstable. I still haven't seen a thing to get around that yet. I see a lot of companies, the larger internet companies offering some huge discounts based on income, based on need. And I like that. I would hope that they would get to that point too. If I could call up and go, I live here, I'm in this program and I need some stronger uh, internet. It goes out Wi-Fi. I would hope that they would continue to work with those, those customers, at least on paper. They're, they're, they're doing it. And I'm seeing some, getting some feedback from people who are utilizing it, saying it's helping them. I would hope that the, the companies would step up and say, we're going to help you and problem solve that as well. Yeah, that's just one I just haven't and And, and honestly, that one, it hasn't been like necessarily an urban thing because we have kids in the rural areas also, or, you know, some places you have families, five, six kids and the parents, and they're all working literally at the same time. So it takes a, it takes a pull a little bit. Steve, I'm going to give you a concept, not even a concept, a thought, something for you to consider. The online, and this is, goes back to the technology and, and, and actually the education part, things that we're seeing, teachers recording lessons and kids watch it at the approved time. Um... Sessions like Zoom, where you're kind of going in, teachers talking with the group, checking in, teaching the concept or whatever. Or it's just, here's the assignments in this technology space, go access it and do it. Like, are we, are we looking at, are we using the technology wrong? The technology 
you will see across our country, you will see all those avenues that you just talked to talked about. All those avenues will be utilized. Now the question is, what's the most engaging for students and how long can students be engaged in a video format? How long do we want students online learning? Because just before this, we were, we were, we were talking pre-March, we were talking about screenagers. We were talking about too much attached to the phone too much screen time too much. And now that was pre-March, we were talking about that. Now we're saying we're gonna up that by a considerable amount because we're going online. And so I think, the, I think that needs to really be the question that we go forward with is, how are you engaging the students and what is the amount of time the students can fully be engaged? So if we're online learning, Eugene and Steve are online learning, how long can we be fully engaged in that process. So I'm thinking about a fifth grader. School starts at 7.30, gets out at 2.45. Now maybe off a few minutes here or there. Are we saying that the student, to get the virtual experience, the student is online from 7.45 to 2.30? With, with a I, break believe some I believe some schools are going that route. And with, with obviously there's going to be breaks in there. There's going to be periods of time that disconnect. And then I think there'll be other schools that'll say, we're going to try to do it in, in an hour break, hour break, hour break. It'd be done in three hours. And then there's others, like you said, are going to say, here are the activities, uh, go at it and then report in individually with the teacher as necessary. I think you'll see that the, the wide spectrum. The question again is when and we don't have research on this as, as much as we'll need, and we're gonna continue to have to work on this is, how much can a student, and is it beneficial for a student to sit there? I'm telling you, if a student sits there for, I don't see how a student could sit there engaged for six, seven hours a day on the screen repeatedly. For but, days and days and days. But the minute they get the minute they get out of school to the minute they go to bed, they're on their phones. True, but that's content they choose, right? So that's content that I can watch. I can watch LeBron James dunk the basketball several times. I can go on TikTok and watch dance moves for an hour. I can post some of my see post some of my pictures and see what's happening. That's that's different than the hard work extremely hard work of trying to decode a word, trying to analyze a word math problem, trying to figure out the science theory and how do I apply that to what's happening in nature. All that's incredibly hard work. So it's a totally different screen time, right? right? Totally different virtual world that they're in. So I think the hard work that's necessary, the, the effort that it's going to take to sit in front of a screen can students do it? Sure. Is it beneficial for students to be six, seven hours on a screen for two months straight? No. And I'm, we're not factoring in the nutrition of it. If I'm not moving and I'm on the screen all day, guess where I'm having breakfast, lunch, and dinner right there, and maybe some snacks. And now I have little to, to no movement. And I know teachers are planning that out. They're, teach, they're planning out 
some yoga, they're planning out stretches, they're planning out some ex exercises. But that again is totally different than some recess time and some movement throughout the day. That's a good point. That's that's a, that's a real good point. Do you do you have a preference of a, of a mode? Because I struggle with it. Because sure. while you were saying that, and and I know, I know the pushback, and I know what you're going to say. But Steve, there are kids in schools now that don't participate in gym. A whole lot of kids don't do nothing at recess and they're just sitting and, and there's an adult that says talk, 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 talk. Then they go to their next class. They walk maybe 12, 15 feet to the next classroom. Talk, 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 talk. Like it's actually happening already. Now the social, I, you're going to come back with the socialization piece and I, and I get that. But a lot of people are just sitting around now. Yes, and and they're sitting around and not learning, right? So they're sitting around and not learning. So you're learning, in the same place. And it's passing them by. And we go, well, they've been in school, but they're not they're not grasping the information. Hey, hey, can I say this? I, I have to say this. I have to say this. So I was dropping off some information to a student. Um, didn't really know the student too well. Uh, get to his house, drop off the stuff. Ask the student, I say, hey, what school do you go to? He gave me the name of the school. I said, do you like the school? And this is totally just, this is a side note. I just have to say this. I said, do you, do you like your school? He says to me, I absolutely love my high school. I can't tell you, and this may be another topic for another show. I can't tell you the last time I had an Afri African-American male tell me they love their high school. I just got to slip that in there because I'll forget. That is, a, that is another show that I love. I love that idea. Do you, how, I love that topic. Do you, do you love your school? And then with that, think of all the subtopics with that. Do you love the school? Is it necessary that you love your school? And right. If you, if it is necessary, how do we get more students to love their school? That, that's a wonderful topic to address. Going you, you back said, to the, yeah, you said something that just sparked that idea. I'm, I'm gonna toss it right back to you now. Going back to the plan, what would I do? And I think, I think there can be a variety in this plan because we're all different. You and I would teach different. We could be at the same school. We're gonna teach different. We're, gonna, we're going to make sure we address all students' needs that way. So I don't think this has to be a lockstep uniform policy. I would make my classroom engaging. I'd want students at least, at least a half an hour with me right away in the morning. And then I would do a break. Then I'd go another half hour. Then I'd do a break. Then I'd do a half hour. I, I feel we could do that for two hours. Then I'd want some, some independent time and in your mind, are you looking at a K-8 setting when you say this? Are you looking at a middle school? Are you looking at high school? I'm, like I'm looking at K-8. I feel okay. obviously, obviously we'd have to do grade appropriate, right? Age appropriate. Uh, obviously, kindergarten students can't be that long as an eighth grader. But generalizing, I would do, I'd want the students with me through the video format and I want to do teaching. I want to do teaching just like they're there. 
Then I want to do some guided practice, just like we're in the classroom together. Then I would use the independent time where they're, where they're practicing things, they're doing some homework. And then I want to meet with them again. And then what I would do is, I feel I could do all that in half a day. And then the rest of the day, they're continuing to do their learning activities, independent learning. And then I want to make sure I meet with each of them. So I'd spend the afternoon with private, private, basically office hours, private student meetings, whatever you want to call it. I'd come up with a name for it. And that way I can see where everybody's at. And I can encourage, I can inspire, I can motivate students to keep going along the process. And collectively, so individually I'm meeting with all students. Collectively we're, we're teaching like we're back in a classroom. Then I'm setting up what I would call is, it would fit my competitive nature. I would set up some kind of game or activity where it motivate them to complete some of the activities. So maybe it's a, every student gets to be an NBA team and we keep track of points and collectively points as a class, we can uh, get to the NBA finals. So there'll be some individual goals and then there'll be some collective goals, but it has to be fun and it has to be something different because this is all new. It's after day two, after day three, I'm with the teacher online again. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like doing these activities. I'm sick of this, ma this math. I'm sick of science. I'm sick of reading about the social studies lessons or the history lessons. So making it a game, making it a fun activity, having a little class competition, whatever it takes to make it uh, very, almost like a game, a video game format where you get rewarded, right? You get points, you get rewarded, you get recognition. I want students to continue when they're all by themselves and it's three o'clock and they don't feel like doing some, some learning where they get motivated and go, I want to get my thousand points. So I joined a thousand point club on, on reading. I want to get my 50 bonus points and get done with this science experiment report. That, that's, I think is how it will, it will play out with a lot of teachers where they can fully engage students that way. Just, just trying to create a fear or because of a grade or because you want to please the teacher, you should do this work. That's, that's not the right approach. Right. I, I want to go to this part, Steve. And this is the last of what I have, but, and maybe there's a question afterwards too, but um, one of the, I, I think, more difficult pieces for parents who aren't in the education field themselves was knowing which apps, which technology, we assume they know what to do with a Chromebook. I, I, I think there has to be greater detail with parents of here's what the Chromebook does, this is what it does not do. If it's an app, this is how you submit the work. Here's how you log in with passwords. Here's how you can check if your child did the work. I think there has to be a more significant piece for the technology with parents. I think as teachers, we assume everyone 
sees it the way we see it. You know, you're just going to plug it in, get the work done, boom, submit, we're all done. But I think parents have to, and it's not to insult parents, but I think you got to walk parents through this a little better than what happened in the, in the, in the spring. So you're addressing what I talked about earlier with having videos, having it on a web page, having teachers talk through it with parents and guardians so that they know as much as the students know. Correct. And I, I really would love to ask the listeners, like we focus a lot here in Southeastern Wisconsin, because this is just what we see and hear the most. We focus a lot on Zoom, Google Hangouts and Microsoft Teams. If there's a platform out there that we're just missing, please leave something in the comments or email us or get us on social media. We would love to explore like other, there has to be other options. We, we would love to hear what those other options are and if they're working or not working for you. But we would, we will, I think that's a question I would put out there to our What listeners. do you mean by other options? Like, other video options? It's like, yeah, like that, that are, that is endorsed by your school. Like, cause oh, where sure. we work, Zoom is endorsed by our school. Sure. So uh, it kind of, it, 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 got it the two biggest ones, right? right? So there's other ones out there. I think that's great to get feedback. I think on any of this to uh, give comments from our listeners would be great as, as it becomes local, there's also education's local and there's, there's national trends and there's, there's things happening across the country that, that it's going to be hard to know what's happening. So I love the idea of getting feedback. I feel the concern, my biggest concern in all this as we come back to necessary technology. I feel, I feel the parents need the technology. I feel we're striking that one off. I feel that's becoming, uh, it's, it's happening. It's really happening around around it with school districts. They're getting the technology, they're, they're partnering with private industry. I feel school districts are preparing how they communicate with guardians and parents on how to use the technology. We covered that. What's, what we need to watch out for and what I think will be coming, will, it'll be out there in the news more and more, and we'll have to watch for this, is how companies are going to come up with and they have them now. They're going to come up with easy ways. What I would say is for districts to push the easy button and have everything done in spite of the teacher. And what I mean by that is there's going to be companies out there that are going to say, have students go through and use, pay for our reading, our reading software, and you don't have to teach reading anymore. It's all right there. They have a, just click on, the video series and we'll teach reading for for your class. There's companies out there that are coming up with right now a math, right? Here's watch through these videos. There's some already out there, but watch through these videos and we'll teach, we'll be able to teach math virtually. So we don't need the teachers. We just need you to click through and, and pay for our online curriculum. And I that that's a concern that we'll have to address and we'll really have to watch as that's going across the country now because it'll be an economic thing. I don't have to pay Eugene his salary, his benefits and everything. If I can pay a company to do a reading curriculum and I just have that reading curriculum per, 
1,000 students in my district, and now I'm, I have reading taken care of, or math, or social studies, or science, and that will be, that's extremely troubling, but it's, it's, it works out economically, and it saves you so much money that we're, we will see that happening. My thing to keep an eye on would be if we agree in this space that we are in right now that providing the technology is a must. So now that is an expense or a grant writing process for schools, public and private. But if we are in agreement in saying all students must have a one-to-one -one Chromebook, if, if that's where we are right now, I could see schools, public and private, turning this into a political situation and saying, okay, we got the technology, but now who's gonna take care of the Wi-Fi? And is this something that should be given for free? Someone's gonna have to pay for it. Or is it, you, you, is it your job, Steve, the parent, to have the Wi-Fi? Because we provide the Chromebook. I could see that being I can see that turning nasty, a nasty fight real quick. So two things you, you always have to follow in, in any topic, the politics of it and the money. And that's, yeah. that's good advice right there. Yeah. So br I mean, bringing it full circle, we talked about necessary technology. That was our end on our podcast. So we had the previous podcast, we talked relationships, expert and communication. Today we talked necessary technology, and we have two more in, in this series, our Renew series. And next time we'll talk about emphasis on health. So we take the E and it is emphasis on health, and then we round it out with what's the plan. Very important information and considerations for families and teachers. I love it. I love it. I, I can't wait. I can't wait till we get to next week to talk about the health part. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, should be a great, should be a great, great show, great conversation. As always, we appreciate the listeners. I want to give some shout outs. Uh, I want to give a shout out to, I'm going to give a shout out. I'm going to start with ourselves. I want to give a shout out to Steve Gurner, Eugene Pitchford, superhero educator in stores now, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I want to give a shout out to Gumbo for the Soul, Volume 3. And I want to give a shout out to all the teachers out there, administrators, that's just saying, give me the plan and I'll figure it out from there. I, I, love, I love that mind state. Um, it's to, to prep for this upcoming school year, you're gonna probably going to have three, have three different versions of plans, maybe even more. Uh, it's, just, it's just part of the deal. So I, I, I definitely appreciate teachers out there that's already in go mode right now, and they still have another month to go. So those are my shout-outs for this week. I'd like to shout-out to the Center for Urban Education Ministries, the Center for Urban Education Ministries. We have a very exciting series of professional speakers in urban education. We have a professional development coming out this fall called C-U-E-M. So that's the center's initials, C-U-E-M, Speaks. And we have four professional speakers talking about topics 
across the country in urban education. So if you want more information on that, you, you can go to www.cuemnational.org, www.cuemnational.org. And one of the four speakers in our fall series is Professor Eugene Pitchford III. So we're excited as he talks about in the virtual world, how do you engage students? Uh, much of, we talked a little bit about it tonight, but really he's going to dig into how do we engage students in the virtual landscape. So lots of exciting things. Also, you want to connect with the Center for Urban Education Ministries on LinkedIn as well. All daily information is there for as a resource for teachers and school leaders. And I should mention one more thing. Twice tonight you called you called my analysis brilliant. Let's keep that going. And let's, uh, let's not forget about that. Hey, hey it, it was a brilliant ideal. I have to give you credit where credit is due. It was a fabulous. I never thought about it like that. Twice you mentioned it, but thank you. You demand. You demand. You, de you, de you demand for this week. You demand. All right. If there is nothing else, good people, we appreciate you listening. Make sure you share with another educator. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you share. Um, uh, our, our, our show with your other educational colleagues and we definitely appreciate you in advance and we are out. Thanks again for listening to our Superhero Education Podcast. We hope you gained valuable insights and key concepts to battle the chaos and save the day for all students. Boldly transform lives and be a superhero educator.